0: Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of MyoStrength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of b and Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's up Spokes? You look all cozy.
1: What's going on? Oh man, that's so funny you say that. It looks so warm here today and it's been warm in Ohio. It's been the last couple of days. And then today I woke up and like my heat kicked on and I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, it was 36 degrees this morning. I still went on my morning walk and I was like, this kind of pisses me off just because the sun is out and it's bright and you would assume it'd be warm, but it's not. So. But then oh, again, fuck that shit. it's typical like, spring and everyone's like spring is their favorite season. It's my least favorite season. So fucking bipolar. I can't handle it. it mm-hmm. just, like I had to like bring out my winter coat and I already put it in the back of my closet. So I was like, that is annoying.
0: Yeah. But- I mean, to be fair though, like you do live in Ohio. So because you are Northern, like spring is stupid. Like you come down South and like, the minute it turns april it's like 70 and 80 degrees so it's like you know i busted up my shorts i got like sports bras on because it's just like it's already swampy like i already have to change my underwear like twice a day because it gets like swampy as fuck over here like i don't even give a shit like that is real life and that is just what i have to do
1: oh, that's what i want though like that's what i'm craving like i want swamp ass sign me up <laughs>
0: it's like mountain dew sweat and swamp ass that's what you have to do that's that's the life that I pay Jeffrey I'm so sorry I'm so sorry you have to tolerate this (laughs) but with that being said why don't we just introduce our special guest we have Mr. Jeffrey Sue on I absolutely adore Jeffrey he was my mentor for a few short months to help me get my shit straight with my business when it comes to the actual business back end. But then also as a coach, um, I'm also very blessed and privileged to call him a dear friend. He's an absolutely gem of a human being and gave me one of my best compliments ever in the history of compliments by telling me that I have a lot of personality. But welcome on, Mr. Jeffrey Sue. How are you today, Jeffrey?
2: Thank you for having me. I'm um, doing good. Um, you know, I can identify with the the, the weather discrepancies that you're experiencing Ashley over there in Ohio, up here in Massachusetts, it's very much the same way. Um, It goes all the way into May or June like that. And during the summer, it's just rain. Oh, it rains a lot there? What's that?
1: Does it rain a lot there in the summer? Um, Off
2: and on, yeah. We never really have, like, I mean, we'll have, like, maybe, like, a week or two all summer of, like, straight, nice weather. But it's always, like, you wake up... One day it's like really muggy and cloudy and rainy cool. and misty and stuff is weird.
1: so
0: cool. i understand Mm-mm. do you also deal with mountain dew sweat and swamp ass jeffrey can you relate uh no
2: no i don't i don't i don't sweat that much um i'm just not really a sweaty person i don't really smell bad when i sweat either um and i shower twice a day so i'm very uh particular about hygiene
0: no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. For those of you guys that don't know, like I actually do consult with Jeffrey on skincare routine. Like that's actually why my skin is looking as fresh as it does. Cause I have like a skincare setup now. And that is thanks yeah. to Mr. Jeffrey Sue and a good diet. Good,
2: good. Yeah. Good skin can uh, make you look at least 10 years younger. So that's important. I'm and
0: Honestly, with me turning 27 tomorrow, I need, I want to keep my youth. I want to keep that vitality.
2: Yeah, as you get older, it's like a game. You want you want to try to look as young as you can, and uh, yeah, people people really buy a lot of product and a lot of services to try to maintain that.
0: Yeah, so. I think the secret sunscreen and Botox. And so when I turn thirty, I'll be going Botox. So I'll probably be sliding into your DMs, being like, "Hey,
1: what go do up. I get? Help me." For <laughs> sure, I'll help you out. I want Botox. Actually, like, go man. ahead. I was just like, yeah. I was just thinking about getting Botox because I have like these deep rivers in my forehead. Yes.
0: Like, in the forehead. Yes. Oh. Yeah.
1: I know. Cause like I, I'm a big eyebrow raiser, especially too, since like once COVID happened and like we had to start wearing masks and I couldn't show like all of my patients, my facial expressions as to like how dumb they are for being in the ER. So I'm like always raising my eyebrows. But and now like in the last two years, they've gotten so it's like- bad.
0: Yeah, it looks like crevices and shit. Like you could have like a little like Hoover Dam just running through with just water. It's really it's really, really bad. Eric doesn't want me to get those talks, but it's not always about Eric.
1: Fuck Eric. Oh, there you go. This <laughs> is birthday coupon. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Uh Jeffrey, I don't know if you saw my stories, but um Eric for my birthday made me a bunch of birthday coupons for this weekend. And I have one coupon. Where it's I get to tell my husband to shut the fuck up over oh, a topic cute. that he might be talking about that I just don't want to listen about. So I get to use my shut the fuck up coupon to shut him the fuck up. Wait, your birthday is this weekend? Yeah, it's tomorrow. That's awesome. Cool. Happy early yeah. birthday. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but we are gonna dive into our questions. The reason why we have Mr. Jeffrey Sue on our podcast today, you guys, is to bust up fitness and also contest prep myths. So this is definitely gonna be more of a jovial episode, but also bust up some things that I'm sure you guys have heard that you're like always wondering about like you know is this true or is this not true and so let's kick it off with one of my questions so do you have to drink vodka either the day of or the day before a show to help dry you out
2: well you know the alcohol thing before shows was probably popularized back in maybe the early 2000s and I remember when I first started competing or going to shows, I, you know, there would be a lot of contest prep coaches that would encourage, you know, taking a few shots of vodka or even drinking, you know, a glass of red wine um, the night before to help dry you out and also to kind of relax you a little bit, right? To calm the nerves. And of course, alcohol dehydrates you, right? So that's the, the basic, you know, science behind doing it before the show. But I think... In recent years, maybe in the last like five years or so, I haven't seen anybody do that or talk about it. I think it was just one of those things that people did, everyone started doing, and there was really no reason for it um, that was like scientifically superior than any any other way to sort of pull water from under the skin. So you get that, you know, thin skin look on show day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the only case that I've I've heard that it was actually beneficial is when I was listening to the Ronnie Coleman documentary where he was so strung out and stressed that I forget who he was in the hotel room with, but he had like, I think over seven shots of vodka and he just kept getting harder and harder and harder because obviously like it was a diuretic, but also it was just yeah. like, you know, calming him down so he wasn't just a basket case and he like because of that you know six seven shots of vodka he ended up winning the show which I thought that was very funny but obviously again you see bikini athletes like having their Pinos before they step on stage and it's like what the fuck do you think
1: that's gonna do? I was just at a show on Saturday and I saw like three or four bikini girls do it. One girl actually ended up like knocking her whole little like box of wine that she brought over backstage and I was like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I I was so amazed because I, yeah, I remember hearing about it like years ago and then like to see it again, like not even a week ago, it was last Saturday. I was like, dang, like good for you. I mean, you know, maybe it's calm down, but still I was like, shit, dude, now you made a mess. Hopefully that doesn't get on your tan, but nonetheless. It's one of those
2: weird like herd mentality things backstage that you see people doing and then it just catches on. I mean, it's similar to like people eating you know, right peanut before, butter cups. Yeah. That was our
1: other question. Peanut butter cups. Yeah, the Reese pumps.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you throw something like that into your stomach thirty minutes before you step on stage, you're asking for distension, and you know you're mm-hmm. in a, you're a midsection. It, you know, that stuff takes time to digest. So, yep. you know, you'd be fool, you'd be foolish to think that you could digest that and have it in your bloodstream within thirty minutes or less. Um, you know, I would say getting a good night's sleep. The night before a show will probably dry you out the most. And, you know, the best thing that you could do, and people who have competed would probably agree with this, is the morning of the show, you take a huge shit. Oh, yeah. you piss like a racehorse. And you watch your (laughs) stomach just completely, like, get sunken in and, and, you know, suck tight. And that's the best feeling that you could get. The worst is, like, if you don't sleep at all and you wake up, like just waterlogged and there's just this film over you because of
0: the stress mm-hmm. so
2: i'm sure people who have competed know those two distinctly different looks and feels
0: oh yeah like honestly like even if you like don't feel the urge to poop like give yourself an enema like i know that's extreme but just just fucking do it like you it's it's just such a good way to start off like any day but also show day because that way you're just like yep. shrink wrapped yeah Ash, why don't you ask a question? Because my my next one's funny.
1: Okay, so let's see. Which one do I want to ask? Okay, ooh, I like this one. Does consuming like raw eggs give you more gains?
2: Mm, No, I think it will definitely (laughs) make you appear a little more hardcore.
1: You think Uh, so? (laughs) Like
2: like Rocky, you know? But um, I haven't read any studies that show that consuming raw eggs would be any more anabolic or the protein would digest better or worse or whatever i i I don't know i think it would probably make some people sick
1: yeah no like i've seen people like even i actually saw it like a month ago on instagram i thought it was like an old thing where people were still like cracking raw eggs and like just drinking them and i'm just like that's absolutely disgusting but like you said yeah like maybe you just do it to look a little bit more badass i
2: have i have heard other coaches talking or warning against drinking egg whites though so mm-hmm. I guess that would carry over to, to whole eggs as well, that you, your body does, does in fact, process it less efficiently. But that's like, I haven't read any studies on it. You know, that's just like a couple coaches saying that they don't advise their athletes to do that. So I can't be 100% sure. Um, yeah, what- I
0: think I actually read, I don't know if it was an article or it was definitely an article, but it wasn't like a, a PubMed article where it was saying that the protein digestibility for raw egg whites is actually lower. And so, although like, you know, Mm -hmm. when you cook the egg whites because you are denaturing the protein, you are better able to break it down in your own body versus drinking Mm -hmm. something like raw egg whites because you're not denaturing the protein beforehand. It is, you are getting less amino acids from the rawness. But again, I didn't read a PubMed article. It was just like another article written by someone like smarter than me so i would believe it but still like what just cook it it's not that hard just cook it microwave it for 30 seconds
2: yeah yeah i mean there there probably is a lot of like i mean i know for a fact that you know there are certain you know vegetables that change in their you know glycemic index or glycemic impact when you cook them right like um we know about resistant starches affecting blood glucose levels and that's just basically like oatmeal that's left overnight you know that becomes a resistant starch um so i guess you know the same could probably be applied to proteins but i just haven't read anything about it so.
1: right on
0: right on okay this this question is gonna it's gonna upset some people hmm. um but i know your stance on it and i agree with your stance which is why i'm asking you this question so post show that hmm. rebound phase is that the best time to grow and add muscle tissue is that when you should be blasting like EQ and trend to maximize that post-show rebound phase.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, that's definitely a stance that I've changed over time because, you know, earlier on I was the person that was like, yeah, you know, you, you know, you stay on the gear, you know, blast the food, train harder. And that's like, you know, take advantage of that rebound window. But as I've become more educated and I've gone through more contest preps and I've prepped more people and tried things both ways, now I've changed my stance and where post-show, that's the time where you you back off on the drugs, you clean out, you lower inflammation, you lower stress, you recalibrate your mental and emotional state because a lot of people get fixated in sort of the Groundhog Day routine of prep. And all of a sudden that goal is removed, all the attention on social media is removed, and you get the post-show blues, you get a little depressed. And so that's one of the reasons why people – hang on to the routine and the structure and the drugs and the food and all that, and the training. And they use that almost as an excuse to say, oh, I I have like this post-show window to keep going to grow. Um, But they're just really hanging on. And the best thing you can do is, you know, get off of everything, improve your lab work, and sort of recalibrate your mindset. And then off-season usually begins after that.
0: Right on. Good answer. Good answer. I wholeheartedly agree. Ash, go so ahead.
1: Just kind of like piggybacking off that. So like, you know, obviously you said like after show, you want to like reduce inflammation and kind of back off. Would you say like the week after a show is considered like a free week for that athlete to kind of, because like they've earned it or, you know, whatever, like go eat whatever the hell you want, do whatever you want. whatnot. No. Um, it, it depends
2: on, so, so here's the, if you have someone competing in, you know, several shows back to back, you know, I'm not saying, you know, one weekend get another, but maybe let's say you have a qualifier, you know, a month out from nationals. Um, you, you probably don't want to give your athlete a week off after a show, but let's say it was the last show of your season one and done or three and done. And it's the last show. What I typically recommend is, you know, you know, throughout the day of the show, they're going to be carving up. I mean, you, you probably had a meal, a carb load the night before you had backstage food, you're nibbling on stuff throughout the day. So your intake is already way higher than it has been on average for a long period of time. And then usually, you know, some people might get like a post prejudging lunch. Um, I don't recommend that for my athletes, but you know, some people do that and can, and it helps them. But you know, then the night of the show, you usually have a celebratory meal. And then usually what I tell my athletes is that the next 24 hours, next day on Sunday, usually, if you want to go out for a brunch, plan a late lunch, have a dinner, have a dessert or whatever, You can have a day to just eat whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Know that you're going to gain anywhere from five to 15 pounds, depending on, you know, the athlete, the size of the athlete, the gender, all that stuff. And then you're right back to a meal plan on Monday. Typically, I'll back it out to like four weeks out. That's where we'll start. And then I keep 50% of the cardio in. Then usually trainings taper down. We're using like RPEs uh you know uh, reps in reserve um and they're right back on it so it's only a twenty four hour period
1: yeah I'm I guessing. like
0: I think it was with Eric am I not Eric or oh, shoot your figure girl
2: oh uh Angelina that's her name.
0: Angelina Angelina you post oh you always post the screenshots of your conversations with your athletes which i I always really like and admire that because it, it shows that you're working with real people and not just like Brando's but you were like essentially the context was eat whatever the fuck you want but 12 p.m shut it the fuck down and yeah. I loved that I remember that that was so impactful because it was like I loved the freedom that you gave them because obviously like they've been dieting for so hard and to get you you did your homework and you got these athletes peeled right they absolutely peeled and so like having like a day for them to have a free for all, but then 12 o'clock that pumpkin strikes and they're they're back to, you know, being Cinderella again. And I fucking love that analogy that you did that.
2: Yeah. You know, post-show too, you know, for listeners to understand is like, your goal is to put on a decent amount of body fat back. The goal isn't to be so strict that you try to maintain your stage look eight, 10 weeks out. You know, you see a lot of people, um, you know, posting that on social media. They're like, you know, Four weeks after my show, I'm still only like 0.2 pounds up from my weigh-in weight, and that's not something to be proud of. You know, like you you want to gain weight back because it normalizes your systems, like your hunger signaling, hormonal recovery, mindset. You know, your your um the way you look at food and your cravings and all that. Um, your body fat needs to be at a certain level for that to be healthy and optimized. So that's not the goal either is to stay super lean. But then you also don't want to get really fat and try to pile on weight either because those aren't real muscular gains. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't that was think
0: me. I ever, oh, go ahead, Ash. Sorry. No, that was
1: me. Like after my first show, like I just piled that shit right on like real yeah. quick. Like it was not good. Like I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like two months after my show, like I was up like 35 pounds, but I was an idiot. Like I stopped working with my coach and everything. Like I was just done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to uh, one-up you, Ash, but you might have been an idiot for that. But here's how fucked up I was. I competed on the Natural Ohio on Saturday. Flew back home to Charleston on Sunday. Monday, went back to the gym to train. Tuesday, major boob surgery. Oof. Three days post-show. Had a major fucking surgery. I am lucky I did not fucking bleed out on that table. Like, wow. my surgeon was like... So you thought I had anorexia because of how skeletal I looked, which I mean, totally fair, but major surgery, three days, three or four days post-show. Mm-hmm. So you talk about like stupidity and also major weight gain because like not even fat gain, but obviously the inflammation from getting cut into, I was up like, you know, 15 pounds of just water weight and all of it was just in my stomach, in my abdomen. And eventually, like, you know, a couple of weeks later, I started losing weight again and flushing that shit out. But like, how stupid was that?
1: Yeah. Like what was going through your mind when you decided to fucking plan that? Like, Dude, which- I, Here's <laughs> the deal. I did not
0: want to get fat post-show. And so my reasoning is, is I didn't want this, the treats, right? I didn't want the the cookies, the brownies, the things that these other girls would just be binging on because I didn't want to get fat post-show because I had already suffered through a binge eating disorder. And when you are binging and you are in that shark freedom ben- frenzy, it is not a good place. And I remember a particularly bad binge episode that I had during my bulimia days that I almost took myself to the hospital because of how hard my heart was contracting and having these palpitations. I didn't want to feel like that again because it was scary. I thought I was going to die. So rather than treating myself like a dog and rewarding myself with food, I was like, oh. I've always wanted fake tiggle bitties. Why don't I have a a major fucking surgery as a reward? (laughs) So that's what I was thinking, not thinking about how stupid and reckless it would be to come off of an extreme dieting contest prep stress, and then enter into a surgical stress. That was just not, yeah, Mm.
1: not ideal. That's Nope. hey i guess it's like a valid reasoning behind it like instead of rewarding myself with cookies i'm gonna reward myself with teddies like yeah you know what like honestly yeah if, like there was like implants sitting on a table and a plate of like a plate of implants and a plate of cookies like i'm gonna pick the implants <laughs> <laughs> like who wouldn't it was-, <laughs> was my reasoning but
0: whatever i digress jeffrey why does trend ruin marriages
2: Okay, that's a good uh segue into your next question. Um, you know, trend is a very, very powerful mind-altering drug. Um the 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 conversations between males is that when you're on trend, the types of women that you want to have sex with are completely different than the women that you would otherwise want to you know have physical relations with when you're off of trend um you know i've used trend myself uh several times uh for contest preps and i can say for certain that when i'm on trend i like women that are bigger and like like a little chubbier you know so we're talking maybe like you know five one sixty and, like they're just like normal looking women you know they don't you know yeah they're just average looking women they're not you know your bikini athlete not super lean or whatever but there's just something about that that it's just like you know you want to like get them pregnant or something it's just like <laughs> <laughs> you want to see you want to see those titties grow you want to you want to be enveloped in all of that and uh yeah that's trend <laughs> <laughs> that and, is so but, funny But in all all seriousness, I think a lot, if if any guys are, are, you know, listen to this, they probably agree with that. You probably get some funny DMs because on trend, you will literally just smash like anything. And, and, you know, that's not to say like these women are, are bad looking or whatever, but it's just a different preference. It's like a, it it just changes, you know, your, 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 what you're attracted to. It's weird. Um, But in terms of like marriage and relationships and everything on a more serious note, I do think that because, you know, we're in an industry or a sport or an environment basically where a lot of us got into, you know, physique sports because we were insecure about ourselves, about how we looked. And a lot of us, you know, even now with great physiques and with great titles under our belts from competing, probably still don't feel that great about ourselves. That's why, you know, we're still in it and you know, always chasing, you know, for you know, more or becoming better. Um, so when you combine that sort of insecurity and you put drugs into the mix and it's like this entire industry, we're all in on it. It becomes like this like soup of like issues that makes, you know, things like cheating and all that stuff, um, you know, just it, it's it, it makes all that ripe to grow, I guess, you know. So you hear a lot about that stuff. In mm-hmm. our-
0: yeah. No, that's, that's a really, really thoughtful answer. Um, But I appreciate that. Because obviously, like, yeah, we like joke about like, trying making you like, get super angry or super horny or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like, when you play with fire, you have a chance to get burned. And a lot of people talk about the health effects of being on cycle and running gear, but they also miss out on the mental changes that can happen, um, when on gear as well and how that impacts, you know, not only your mental health, but also the people that you love.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's something that not a lot of people talk about both men and women. I don't think, um, you know, anybody's going to be comfortable getting on a podcast or live talking about mm-hmm. how they treated on their, their girlfriend or their wife or, or how they were abusive in a relationship or what they were abused yeah but that stuff happens um, quite frequently. I would say just behind closed doors. Um, But, you know, you know, one thing I noticed was, you know, last year when I came off of everything, because I had some other health issues like appendicitis, I had COVID. I had a lateral sphincterectomy because I had um, horrible hemorrhoids that were probably related to gut issues that stemmed from my prior two health complications. But I had everything. I mean, everything. I went cold turkey, cleaned out. And I dropped, you know, like twenty four, maybe twenty six pounds. I was down to about one eighty something, which was really, really small—the uh, smallest I'd ever been in a really long time. But the <laughs> mental clarity I had, and the, the levelness of my emotions, and like just how I like looked at the world—like the trees looked different, like the sky looked different, like driving on the streets, like e- everything just looked different. You know, and it was like really nice. I was like, wow, this is what it's like to not be on steroids. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's crazy. Like I I think every athlete, every, you know, you know, recreational ED user should take time off and really think about who they are when they're off versus who Mm -hmm. they are when they're on and ask yourselves like, what's the real you? Mm -hmm. And That'll help you control your impulses more when you're on, because if people say, when people say, oh, like, PDs don't affect who I am, steroids don't affect me. No, they absolutely do. You just don't realize it or you don't want to admit it, but they absolutely change who you are. Because oh, yeah. teenager, your hormones change you. Hormones drive how we think, how we feel, everything. So they absolutely impact people.
0: Exactly. Especially the emotional attachment you get to. Being stronger in the gym or having a fuller look like it's why people are scared to come off in the first place because you know they take their douchebag photos I'm guilty of this too and you're like oh look at my veins look at my my muscle fullness like my physique looks freaking awesome but it's like when you go off and especially you enter into holding phases like and then especially when you start to like you know clean up when you add that extra body fat um, on when you are growing it's like you feel smaller and that really fucks with your psyche. And you're like, Oh shit, maybe I should just stay on permanently. So that way, you know, I don't feel this way. And so that's why you have, you know, especially because girls are prone to this too, especially in bigger divisions or girls that just honestly want to get fucking big. Like, you know, even though I'm in bikini, there's going to be a time where I will, you know, hang up my posing heels or whatever. I will just want to be fucking big, but it's, you know, one of those things that you have to have a conversation with, yourself about and then also especially if you are in a marriage about being like listen like these things are not toys and I want to use because I want to get big but remind me that when I am in my cycle kind of like an accountability partner to make sure I come off because I will not be the same person on cycle as when I'm off cycle and I do have those conversations with Eric because I want to make sure that my blinders you know don't handicap me
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even for people who don't use PEDs, like there's been a lot of studies that have proven that women who are on birth control, the types of men that they prefer to date or have sex with or are attracted to are much different than the men that they would otherwise be attracted to if they weren't on birth control. And these changes even occur when you're not on birth control, like in your follicular phase versus your luteal, the types of things that you're attracted to or that turn you on or that you think of are completely
1: different as well so funny story (laughs) yeah funny story so um yeah like I was on birth control for years whatever got off of it same thing like I had a whole different realization of like who I was attracted to and the guy that I've, I've been with for the last couple of years like I remember like one of our first times hanging out he's like are you on birth control and I was like whoa like uh, no, like, is that a problem? He's like, no, that's great. Because this one time I read a study that if girls are on birth control and like, we were trying to date me, you wouldn't even think I was attractive. And I was like, <laughs> oh so that was like the first time that I heard about it It was like from him. And he's just like, yeah. So like, I've never dated a girl on birth control because then I won't believe that they're attracted to me. I was like, sounds like an insecurity. Right. But nonetheless, I was like, it's true. It, it yeah. you know, it's It has validation to it, but I was like, damn, that's crazy. So like, I don't know, like, a few months ago, I was like, oh, hey, like, I think I'm going to get back on, like, birth control. So, like, if we break up, it's, you know, it's because you're ugly at that point.
2: (laughs) I think it has to do with, like, whether a man is more traditionally, like, manly versus more effeminate and caring. Mm. And it's like the degree of, like, safety that you feel and the emotional connection that you feel with the type of man that you're with, that kind of changes the level of attraction a woman might feel at any given time in her cycle or on birth control because on birth control these hormones typically make you feel more you know emotional at times if you have higher levels of estrogen for example Mm -hmm. so that probably ties into you know whether you're attracted to an effeminate caring man versus a manly man you know that's a little more stoic
0: and aggressive you know
1: yeah Hmm. Interesting. interesting crazy
0: shit interesting absolutely
1: all right ash your turn so during contest prep by, uh, I don't want to use the word abusing, but can using like those calorie free foods, such as like Walden farm syrup affect your progress at all? Because you know they say calorie free, they're zero. So it should be, it should yeah, be- you
2: know, this is what kind of really drives me nuts is when people just blindly look at a label and says calorie free. But like, when you look at the actual ingredients, there's actually like stuff that contains calories that are in it. So one really good example was uh, I had a client once in California who was a big fan of I can't believe it's not butter, like a spray, and mm-hmm. she it a calorie-free spray because it's like zero. It says zero, but it's like yeah. for one one hundredth of a second of a spray. It's crazy, thing <laughs> you know, that like, no human could like measure, right? So she wasn't making any progress and she was like using this stuff. She was like, Oh, I use it on my meals. I was like, well, how much are you using? And she, she told me eventually that she was dumping this stuff on her food, like as a sauce. That is just disgusting. Like, can you imagine like dumping? I can't believe it's not butter spray on your rice. It's soaked. And like, so that's what she was doing. absolutely did contain oils and process other processed chemicals in it. And so You know, in the wrong hands and in the wrong times of prep when you're getting really, really close and you're just like hungry all the time, like you would literally put Splenda on an ice cube and chew it. That's how fucking hungry you get, okay? Like, those foods, those calorie-free sweeteners absolutely need to be cut out. They will cause bloating. You hear about a lot of people, they get bloated or they have GI issues closer to their show. Yeah, it could be stress, right? But it's almost always because you're chewing like a pack of trident gum Mm -hmm. you know uh uh, you know walden farms on their oatmeal they're using um flavor god on their chicken mrs dash all the onion the dried onions and the dried garlic and all that that's what's causing problems so absolutely Mm -hmm. crutches out four weeks just (laughs) suffer.
0: yeah Yeah, i saw this one woman um i don't remember if she was an IFBB pro or she was going for her pro card. This was like two or three years ago. Um, she showed her her peak weeks, she had different peak weeks, physiques. And one was with artificial sweeteners, the Walden Farms, the, the skinny syrups, that's big for bikini girls, doing skinny syrups in the coffee, the oatmeal, just downing it, because whatever, and drinking a bunch of like diet colas and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And like, she looked good, like obviously she was peaking, so like she looked good, but then, at the end of her, her other peak week where she cut out all that artificial bullshit, the fu- like I cannot tell you the difference in her physique. Mm. The, she was not watery. She was crisp. She was full. I mean, like literally the film of water that was over her was completely gone. And like she ended up turning pro because that's how good she looked. And even though, yes, you can't compare peak weeks to peak weeks because not everything's the same, but I can tell you from the visibility in her abdomen especially holy shit like it was incredible to see which is why like obviously you know people can keep their artificials in but for myself two weeks out three weeks out I'm cutting it and I'll just suffer because I've chosen my level of suffering and I want to win I want to
1: win yeah what about same with like yeah like condiments too like mustard that's another one like I'll see people abuse that shit like they'll put the whole bottle on yeah like their rice and beef and I'm like dude there is there even anything else in that bowl you have but yeah I used to I definitely know oh, another thing I did my first prep too I um I ate like Tic Tacs like I would eat Tic Tacs and gum Ooh. yeah mm-hmm. and like you know Tic Tacs say like they're like one carb or like zero carbs or whatever and I was like oh like it's fine or whatever and like no it definitely was not
2: a couple of things that I've done that have maybe you know lowered my 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 crispiness in in contest preps is uh you know there's um something called kernel seasons it's like a popcorn seasoning yeah yeah cheddar and you know sour cream or whatever but there's like buttermilk solids in it and there's a whole bunch of other you know ingredients that do have calories i remember there was a prep and i didn't place well this is my worst placing i have no photos of it but if you look online probably find some photos i look watery Mm -hmm. as fuck I got six plates. It was my worst placing ever. And I was a middleweight. I was putting, like, I was just pouring that stuff into my palm, licking my finger and dipping it and eating it like this. And there was, um, you know, what I would also like mix like six packets of Splenda and I would buy like flavoring drops, like a lemon, you know, like the baking flavoring drops I would flavor it with like lemon. And then I would swirl it up and I'd eat it like this. There was another time I mixed cocoa baking powder with water and stevia drops, and I made chocolate flavored ice cubes that would dissolve in my mouth, and I would eat a whole tray of those. So oh, yeah. it's like some it's like super like there was another time what I did was like I used Metamucil sugar free Metamucil um, the granulated the, the powder one <laughs> not the ones. I would mix that with whey protein and Splenda and Walden Farms chocolate syrup microwave it and it puffed up into like a little cake It was the weirdest thing like i had no idea what i was doing i was like "Huh, what would happen if i did this and microwave (laughs) it's not like i read some recipe off of a form or whatever (laughs) but yeah i've done a lot of weird crazy shit um yeah stuff probably people haven't even thought of i've done it Mm -hmm. you're like pooping a lot when you're eating your metal mucil cake like i just feel like no it was it was great because it would make me shit the next day but it was like a, it was my last meal, so I would make this this cake. I swear to God, it comes out like a cake. It's it's chewy. It's it doesn't taste anything like metamucil. You should try it just to see how it comes out.
0: <laughs> I'd be I'd be scared that it would like give me some type of cancer. But honestly, I mean, like I have the metamucil in my cupboard. I might try it. I might. Yeah, it's the straight
2: powdered like... stuff. The gray the grayish looking powder. I used one heaping tablespoon with yeah. half a scoop away just enough water to make it like a thick batter and then i microwaved it with a plate on top and i would flip it so that the the bowl was this way the plate was on the bottom and then it would microwave it would rise and i would remove the bowl and it would just be this little like cake on the plate
0: doesn't sound awful um i you guys have to keep in mind i've never prepped as an omnivore so whenever i do prep i will most likely have an easier time because Obviously, being vegan, when I prepped, you talk about, like, artificials. I was using seitan, which is just vital wheat gluten. Yeah. Again, it's awful for you, awful for you. And obviously, I had a lot of fucking gut issues. Um, Wonder why. But the thing that I did, do you guys know what aquafaba is? No, I don't. It's like, it's for back lack of better word, it's like chickpea cum. It's like when you, you buy canned chickpeas and you drain it, it's a very protein-rich, like, Bean juice but you can whip it and it's like egg whites so it's like it's chickpea cum water but you can whip it in your food processor add protein powder or stevia and it makes like almost like egg whites and it's just like protein water essentially but I would like cook that into little like vegan meringue cookies they tasted like butthole but it was something to eat (laughs) even with the flavorings even with protein powder it was something to eat but yeah it's called aquafaba and it's like, like I said, you can like use like little meringue cookies, but like I said, it tastes awful. But I was just, I would eat, want to eat anything because of how hungry I was.
2: Yeah, I think we should add a disclaimer here and say like, these aren't things that we're recommending people. Oh, do. no. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to get ideas here.
1: No, I think yeah, when you spend you your it. worst placing by doing these things, yeah, that yeah, pretty yeah, much covered yeah. it. Yeah.
0: If, you, if you want to place poorly, you can do
1: <laughs> things on your prep.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So this next question that I have, it's not necessarily um, a contest prep related question, but this is something I want you to bust up because I, I still see little like infographics where it's like don't eat carbs after four p.m. because it gets stored mm-hmm. as fat. So can you please bust that to hell?
2: Yeah, yeah. Y- you know, carbohydrate timing does matter in some cases, but I would say in general, calories matter more. Um, you know, I have had, you know, contest preps where I had, you know, a carb heavy last meal, but I was within my macros and everything and my insulin sensitivity was great. I kept hitting new lows. It didn't matter to me. Right. There's other situations where you might want to put carbs before bed. So, for example, like if someone had something called dawn phenomenon where, you know, cortisol is causing blood sugar release in the middle of the night, it's good to have, you know, an insulin spike. You know, via carbohydrates right before bed to kind of combat that cortisol spike. And so, putting carbs before bed with a little bit of fat. So, for example, a 200 gram sweet potato provides about 40 ish grams of carbs, one tablespoon of nut butter. You eat that before bed, their Dom phenomenon gets better. I've had that happen in many, many cases, in cases where I've mentored coaches through Dom phenomenon or a effect, and carbs before bed fix that. So, again, it's one of those things where it depends on the case. Depends on what you're what you're trying to accomplish, the application of it. But don't worry about, you know, cutting carbs off at a certain point in time. Worry about hitting your macros. Worry about the quality of your carbs. And that's all you need to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Good answer. Good answer.
1: I used to be like a macro hoarder, though. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm my carbs before bed and it became a habit during my first prep because I would like wake up starving and then like I started eating all my food and it would be like 5 p.m. and I would have like nothing left so then I would like flop it and like granted like now like I would I would still my my most recent prep I would like still try and fast in the morning when my food got pretty low but it wasn't so much like I shit you not like I would hoard all my food till like right before bed because I did not like going to bed hungry. Cause I'd wake up in the middle of the fucking night, but also too, like hoarding your macros is, has been like essentially looked at as like a, like an eating disorder as well, because you're, you're saving all your food till later. And essentially it's just a massive amount of like caloric intake in like one sitting mm-hmm. at like a very short period. <laughs>
2: And, you know, the problem with that, you know, arises where, you know, you hoard your macros and you can't possibly hit all those macros and calories using completely clean foods, mm-hmm. so you start doing stuff like, oh, I have some, a donut here or a pint of Ben and Jerry's. So those calories end up being very unhealthy calories that are, are, are micronutrient sparse, right. <laughs> Instead of micronutrient dense. And so you're starving yourself during the day. You are encouraging stress hormones to increase because of that temporary starvation, and you're not being fueled at work or your workouts, and then you consume a, a large bolus of micronutrient um, sparse food, and that leads to nutrient deficiencies over time. Triggers more disordered eating, and it's just a bad cycle.
0: So yeah. I think there's something to be said for that scarcity mindset. And also when it comes to a client psychology. So from like, I'll use me as a case study when my home life, especially when I was a young child was completely unstable. My parents were going through a, a very, very hard divorce. Um, I would to comfort myself secret eat. And essentially I had a binge eating disorder as a very small child. We're talking three, four years old where I would eat in secret um, because I wanted comfort. And so especially something from like childhood psychology, developing that scarcity mindset around food and food being comfort and food being love, it can still stem and trickle into your adulthood. And so even if you're not a bodybuilder, you might find yourself wanting to comfort eat and secretly eat late at night mm. and kind of Create this little nest of food for yourself to find comfort because it is comforting because you do get that dopamine and serotonin release when you do eat, especially like these, you know, palatable foods. And so I think something is also to be said for just the psychological component when it comes to like doing these macro hoarding, even if it's not intentionally.
1: Mm-hmm. I see a lot with the people I work with at the hospital, like nursing wise, I actually was just talking with somebody. Cause you know, we work in the emergency department, we're a pediatric place and we're a trauma unit. So we see a lot of shit. Right. And, um, there was a girl I just talked to her and she's like telling me how she's doing a lot better. Cause everyone talks to me about their fitness and health and whatever. Cause they don't look up, right. Yeah. Like they'll be, they don't even ask how I am. They're like, Hey, by the way, I've been doing this. What do you think? I'm like, "Jesus." <laughs> but, <laughs> nonetheless so she was like yeah I used to go home after work and just eat like she's like so we get off like what 7 30 she lives like 45 minutes away it's eight o'clock and she's like yeah I would sit down she's like I would have like bowls of cereal like just she's like for like an hour straight and just eat because one you don't eat all day and then two it's just a high stress environment and you know she's like well I don't eat all day so I just figured I'll just do it all at night but since she's like kind of switched to that she's like oh I feel so much better she even told me her sleep's a lot better I was like oh imagine no. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's awesome. Axe, you're up. Um, So I'm actually going to steal your question because I really want to know Jeffrey's opinion on this one. But it is um, using weed to help improve sleep.
2: Oh, okay, All right. Um, You know, the studies show that weed doesn't really improve sleep unless you have something that has negatively impacted your sleep. So I talked about this in my biomarkers class, um, which I think Ashley was in. But if you are someone who's you know struggles with like chronic pain, for example, like if you have like jaw pain or you know pain in your knee or whatever, um, you know CBD or THC um, or combination of both, whether it's in tincture form, gummies, you're smoking it, whatever, it help alleviate that pain, so you sleep better than you otherwise would if you were tossing and turning in pain. Or if you were depending on, you know, you know, NSAIDs like Advil or Tylenol, right? But if you already have good sleep, it won't make it any better. In fact,
1: some people can make it worse.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the general advice there.
1: What about like in contest prep though, like when sleep starts to get worse, like towards, you know, closer to show day, um, like, cause I know for me, like my last prep, like I actually started utilizing it a little bit more cause carbohydrates got lower. Um, I think my stress was obviously probably a little bit higher too. And I started using it to help me sleep at night, but essentially there are studies that say like it can prevent you from getting into like REM sleep at right. night.
2: Right. Yep. Those are the things that, those are the readings that I'm referring to. So if you're stressed out, then yeah, it might it might help you fall asleep faster. So depending on the person, maybe you might capture a little more recovery during your sleep during those sleep cycles, the deep sleep cycles. Um, but if you can do it without it, I'd probably suggest you know going without it, it causes other changes um, that are that could be unfavorable in the brain. Um, it does interact with estrogen, although those studies aren't conclusive um i've mm-hmm. read stuff like if you chronically abuse marijuana thc it could increase estrogen levels um but again there's a lot of mm-hmm. conflict in what i've read so don't quote me on saying anything conclusively.
0: <laughs> what's <laughs> the uh reasoning behind it just like with how your body like detoxes estrogen like is it like liver gut
2: no it has to do with how the cannabinoids uh, like interact with estrogen i'd have to dig up studies on that i mm-hmm. can't on that on the top of my head, Interesting.
1: yeah, that's really interesting. I like, yeah, I'm like hearing it and now. I'm gonna go, diving. yeah, look
2: it up. Yeah, yeah, look it up and form your own conclusions on it. Um, I just don't think it's been studied well enough in athletes on a longitudinal basis to come up with any sort of conclusion that anybody can really speak of. I certainly can't
1: speak. What do you, that. what do you think about people smoking before they lift, though? Uh, I could never do that. I couldn't either, but a lot of people do it and say they like enjoy it and they get better lifts because of it.
2: Yeah, because they're, they are more focused and they feel less pain. Mm. Um, you know, my, my two business partners that, you know, I co-host the excellence cartel with, you know, Jeff Black and Jason, they both like smoking weed before they train. Um, Mm. if I were to do that, I would probably pass out or I'd be sitting on a bench somewhere staring at the wall and just forget about my set. So it's completely different. That's so funny.
0: And I've seen them do it.
2: Like like they we would be, you know, at a at a PC event or whatever. And before the gym, you know, they'd take a couple hits and they'd offer me some. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I can't. But then they would have great workouts, completely focused, training hard intensely. And yeah. So that's
0: wild.
1: Yeah, I just like I don't, yeah, for me, I don't think I'd be able to. Yeah, I'd be sitting on that bench next to you like, staring at the wall. Be like, what the hell's going on?
0: Yeah. So full transparency, I've never been high. I've never smoked marijuana. I don't know how to smoke. Like, I yeah, I (laughs) don't know how to smoke. Like, I don't know how to inhale. Like, I don't physically understand. Like, I have tried. Do it this weekend. But, like, that's the thing, though, is, like, I don't understand how to inhale. So like I can get it in my mouth, but like nothing happens. Like I don't know how to inhale to actually like get the benefits from it. I have tried before and like
1: do you nothing a happens. Or a cigar? Nope, no idea. I, I mean no like idea. do you know how to breathe? Like have you ever gone to the doctor and been like, hey, take a deep breath while we're listening to your lungs?
0: Yes, but like for me, it's like the act of putting something in my mouth and trying to like inhale, like my my brain At short the circuit. It's, like, okay. yeah. It's like I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. So like it's fine. Like I know how to inject things in my ass. So I just call it a day at that.
2: (laughs) Is 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 weed legal in South Carolina? Um
0: no. I think we have I think you might be able to do medical marijuana. I know they're trying to pass a bill. Like I've done C B D gummies before. I did that for New Year's Eve and I felt like absolute ass on it. I will I don't I am one of those where like it took a high enough dosage. To, for me to feel it, even though it was the first time I've ever touched like CBD, THC. And I woke up and like, or even during like the, the experience, I just felt awful. Like I was like the worst type of suppression I've ever felt. I wasn't calm. I was, I just felt like hung over in the worst way. And I'm like, listen, this is not for me. So maybe I got bunk shit. Maybe I'm not a good responder, but at the end of the day, it's like, if I only have a few vices, if it needs to be like you know bodybuilding related like I'm gonna keep it within bodybuilding I'll do caffeine and I'll do like anabolics you know
1: (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you've been like baking up all this shit why don't you make some pot brownies dude yeah or like a a bad idea yeah a pot cupcake a pup cake yeah I could potentially do that see there you go and then it'll all be for
0: 420 um, the thing is I'd have to get a weed dealer and I don't know how to find I don't know how to find weed you know I don't have like a weed detector on me, but yo, if someone wanted to send me some, some can of butter, I'll, I'll make 420 brownies and 420 cupcakes.
1: (laughs) We'll drop the ad, the, her address below mail it, PO box. Let's go. That's right.
0: (laughs) Please don't mail me weed. My husband gets drug tested and I don't want him to lose his job. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say what my significant other does for work, but nonetheless.
0: Uh, That's right. That's right. I think that was all of our questions. We're coming up on an hour. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on, busting up yeah. some fitness and contest prep Miss. Is there anything that you want to plug while we're while we have you?
2: Um, not really. I mean, I don't really have anything going on. No classes, no workshops in the future. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm kind of chilling for the summer. Um, no, I might actually take a vacation. Um, I, well, I am going to take a vacation because I have it planned already. I have an Airbnb booked. Um, for Charleston, actually. So I will be down there for a week in May. I think it's like the second to last week of May from Wednesday to Sunday.
1: How exciting. You deserve that. That's so
2: exciting. Yeah. So I'm not gonna work. Um I'm gonna make a post later on, you know, closer towards it, um, letting people know that no check ins, no mentorships, nothing. Um actually gonna take some time off to just explore. So that'll Good. be fun. But yeah, no, no, other, nothing else to announce. But I mean, if people want to find me, you know, I'm on Instagram, First Call Fitness, Facebook, Jeffrey Sue, everything's public. You can look me up pretty easily. So um,
0: yeah, whatever you need, let me know. Yeah, um, I'm excited really. to meet you. I'm so excited yeah. to meet you because we, we haven't met yet, which is kind of weird. It's yeah, really weird to me. It's,
2: it's always interesting. You know, at those PEC events, it's always weird seeing people, you know, mm-hmm. that you talk to online and you see them in real life. And I would say for the most part, everyone that I've met that I've routinely spoken to, like someone like yourself, has been exactly the same in real life. And they've said the same thing about me, except I'm a little more like toned down than to my my online personality.
0: Yeah. What's going to throw me is your height, because I'm so used to, because I, obviously Eric is 6'2", 6'3". I'm used to taller men being in my life. But like when I met Austin, Austin yeah. and I are the same height. You and I, I'm pretty sure the same height, so it's yeah. going to throw me off.
2: Austin is just a little bit shorter than me, just a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. Like his shoulders might come
0: up to like here, you know,
2: but I'm like 5'8", so you're you're five 5'8"? Okay,
0: I'm 5'7", so yeah, okay. so like still though, it's like looking yeah, at me, because normally Eric, I'm like looking up, you know, but for now it's like, oh, I love so it. it's, yeah, always, yeah, it's no, always funny.
2: Maybe we we'll, we'll grab a picture together.
0: Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll try to out-angle you as best as I can with my, my, my bikini delts. <laughs> awesome. Well, until next time, guys, peace out. Adios.